Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's good, y'all? Welcome back to Believe in the Miami Heat, brought to you by the Believe Network. As always, I'm your host, Anthony Donardo. Now, this is actually my third time doing this type of video. Y'all read the title. My first time doing this was a couple years ago when we first got Kyle Lowry. And since then, I've had some great predictions, like Kyle Lowry being ass. I said Caleb Martin was going to be great. And I've also had some really bad predictions. I, I said Omer Yurtsevin would be the starting center for this team for a very long time. That obviously didn't pan out, but I basically got some notes about every player on the roster. And we go go through them all right now, starting with who I think will be the starting point guard, probably point guard, if you can even call him that, is our guy Josh Richardson, who is crazy that he is now 30 years old. Now, he just turned 30, like, I think it was this month, last month, something like that. So he's a young 30, if you can call him that. Of course, we still all know him as Rook 2. We think of him as a kid, but he's a full-blown vet now. And he's on the wrong side of 30 now, but obviously not too, too old. Uh, I think the biggest thing that he's going to contribute to this team is his defensive ability, his point of attack defense, which is more critical than ever because you lost Gabe Vincent and you're left with Kyle Lowry and Tyler Hero, who, who can't guard the point of attack, at least from the guard position. So I think he's going to be perfect for that. Now, again, he's a little bit older. How well of a, a perimeter defender is he still? I don't know. I certainly haven't haven't been watching Josh Richardson from Boston to Dallas to Philly to New Orleans and San Antonio. Man, he's bounced around a lot. I certainly haven't really been uh, keyed in on him for the last few years, so I don't know how much of that defensive ability he still has left, but I'm assuming it's still enough to actually be a contributor to this team in that way because Lord knows they'll need it, particularly if he's starting next to Tyler Hero, who we'll get into later. And I guess I should say I'm recording this uh, the day before the first preseason game. So maybe a lot of my thoughts will change throughout the preseason, but I wanted to get all my thoughts out prior to that. Uh, but a little bit more on Josh Richardson. I remember back when he was a rookie, he shot like 46% from three that year. I remember he was working with the shooting coach to change his footing, the way he was positioning it, pointing towards the hoop and had a phenomenal shooting rookie season, thought he was going to be a lights out sniper, died down a little bit after that. He was a 37% from three for the rest of his heat tenure, his career, and last year, which was a combination of him in San Antonio and New Orleans. But he's still a very solid shooter, obviously, at 37%. Uh, And he was at his highest points per game total was with the heat that year where they tried to make him the guy. He got up to 16.6 points per game. Uh, He obviously, we we found out real quick, he can't be the guy. Y'all remember he used to always step out of bounds with the game on the line. Happened like at least four or five times, I feel like. So we're not going to ever look at him as the guy or as a guy, here's the ball, go get a bucket. But he's certainly a guy that's capable of scoring. He can can get in the mid-range a little bit too. He was obviously very athletic as a younger guy too, could attack the basket, had some posters. So he can get a bucket. Uh sometimes uh, and obviously you want him to defend a lot and as far as facilitating he doesn't provide much of that that's why that point he may be labeled the starting point guard but the facilitated roles will kind of be shared by everybody in that spot so I'm really looking forward to Richardson I think he's gonna be a great player on this team and I'm not gonna spend that much time talking about everyone uh just Richardson because he's one of the few new additions that we have if you can even call him new but that's Josh Richardson. Moving over to who will definitely be the starting two-guard spot is Tyler Hero. Now, I was a little disappointed in his fourth season, right? Because when you look at a young player, you say their third season is telling, usually. If, if they have a great third year, a great junior year, they'll be a great player. And that's what Tyler Hero was. He obviously won six men of the year, 20 points per game. And then his fourth year, 
you didn't really see any progress and people said okay well he was kind of the same shot basically 20 or had basically 20 points per game again but his efficiency was less from the field and the three-point line not much but you're talking by a couple percentage points so when your minutes go up your points stay the same and your efficiency goes down that's generally not a great sign and not to mention he had the same exact amount of rebounds and assists per game as well now he has shown flashes as a playmaker I like a lot of stuff we saw with him and Bam a little bit from the pick and roll. Not as much as you'd see from, you know, a traditional point guard type, but he's shown the ability to do that. And I think now that he'll be in a role where he has to do that more, maybe that's something we'll we'll see a little bit more of Tyler Hero is the playmaking side because they did try to start him at point guard. I think it was two years ago. It didn't work well at all. That's why he went back to the bench, but he's an older player now. He's more experienced than he was then. So I'm not ready to, to count that sample size as from two years ago and think it's going to mean anything. So I am looking forward to seeing how he thrives as a playmaker this season. But I do actually have a super hot take about him. Is that Tyler Hero will make the All-Star game this season. So y'all book it. Remember, I said it in this you know prediction, thought video, whatever you want to call it. He's going to make the All-Star game few things need to happen for that is one the heat need to be a top three seed if they are i think he'll get that they'll get two all-stars jimmy we obviously doesn't care about the regular season too much so i think you'll get bam and i think you'll get tyler tyler will also need to score he'll, he'll need a decent uptick in points if he's at least 23 points per game i think he has a shot now tyler hero i have the the utmost confidence that he's gonna have a phenomenal year i think he's going to ball the f out this season because he has the exact mentality you want of a young guy who's been in all of these trade rumors he has the ultimate chip on his shoulder now does he have the talent to go out there and prove everyone wrong i think so but what's undoubtable is his mentality and everything that he's went through this offseason and all the last offseasons from the Giannis trade rumors to the Harden to the Mitchell to the KD to the Dame and I think he after the Dame which is the loudest smoke that we've heard this is the year that I think he's really really going to take off the utmost confidence in him obviously you want to see him stay healthy come playoff time that's a bit of his biggest concern I said last postseason was a make it or break it postseason and he got hurt in game one so Kind of grade him an incomplete on that. But I think he's going to have a monster all-star season. Starting small forward on this team is Jimmy Butler. I've said year after year, he is the definition of a superstar. I don't have to talk it that much because every year you get doubters and every year he proves it wrong. And the people that know ball watching this video, which is most of y'all, my my audience knows ball. That's why I appreciate y'all. You know he's a superstar. Surprisingly, he actually shot 35% from three last year after being sub 25% from for the rest of his heat tenure but we know come playoff time he turns into prime ray allen i have no doubts about jimmy butler he may coast in the regular season but come playoff time he's him moving on to the starting power forward could be kevin love uh i really like what kevin love brought last year as well they he was the only move they made last year in the buyout market of course after being one of only two teams to do nothing at the trade deadline we knew that the team prior to kevin love was getting stale they had the same guys on the roster for like three years now and they've even said themselves that bringing in kevin love having that fresh face really just rejuvenated kind of the whole roster and his play in the regular season was kind of mid he, he didn't shoot great from three i think he was only at like 33 percent or something like that uh but come postseason he was up to like 37 percent we saw what he did in the, the buck series uh rotating on defense drawing charges that was so critical to how they guarded Giannis and the milwaukee bucks i think they're going to need that this year again particularly against that team outside of that i think he's going to have a relatively small role in the regular season maybe have what i like to call that 
uh, Myers Leonard, Luke Babbitt role. Not just to name white shooters, but those roles both uh they, they just so happen to have the role of like start the first seven minutes of the game and the first seven minutes of the the second half, and they never played besides that. I think we're gonna see that with Kevin Love this regular season, partly just because he's older. But I think come critical time, particularly against the Bucks, he's gonna have a major role. And he was still a good rebounder last year, and he was the outlet pass was great. So the things that he does well, he still did well last season, and I think they were positive. For the Miami Heat, starting center is obviously Bam Adebayo, who I think is finally ready to take even another step and, and be the man for this franchise. I mean, some could argue that he was given the keys to the, the the team last season, but I think this season is even going to be more so of that, especially considering that made the All Star team again last year after missing it the year prior because of injury, and obviously he made it the year before that. But he he had a career high points per game last season was the best scorer on the Heat in the NBA Finals. There was obviously a lot of frustration before that because he was not aggressive in the postseason. Uh, I remember last season, actually, kind of post-All-Star break, he was pretty disappointing. He started, he kind of started to revert back to that old uh, Bam who was kind of scared to shoot, which was one of the most frustrating things to me. But Bam started last season strong. I think he's going to do the same this year. Uh, I think he's going to be that ultra-aggressive Bam, not shooting threes, but he'll take the mid-range shots. He'll, he'll take that dotted line. Uh, usually it was, you know, spot up front of the basket. Maybe his next step is taking it a little bit more from the wing, that kind of Chris Bosh area, which would be which would do wonders for this team. I think that's really the next step for Bam. You want to see him get his rebounds back up, hopefully to over 10 per game. And he's always going to be the best defender in the NBA, in my eyes. I don't think it's debatable because he's probably the only person that can truly guard one through five. But I'm not here to debate that. He's going to start the season very strong. I need him to end it very strong this season. And if he can average over 20 points per game, great season by Bam Adebayo. And I think we may see it. Uh, moving on to the bench roll. Guy who may start, Caleb Marin, obviously one of everybody's favorites, including myself. I would have thrown him into a Damian Lillard trade for Dame. I would have been reluctant because I think Caleb is going to be that important to this team. But that being said, I'm not trading him for James Harden or Buddy Heald or anybody except Damian Lillard, I suppose. I mean, if Joel Embiid, you know, you know, wants out, uh, we'll talk again. But for now, I think Caleb Martin is going to be that critical to this team. Again, you lost Gabe Vincent, point of attack defender. You did get Josh Richardson. But Caleb Martin, I think, will be your primary guard defender because you're going to have Bam on bigs. And in the regular season, Jimmy is not going to try as hard defensively as he will in the postseason so i'm talking regular season caleb's defense is going to be the most important part of his game i believe now last year he really wasn't doing in the regular season what he did in the postseason he was hitting his threes which for some reason every time caleb martin shoots i feel like it's going in now he has this weird little hitch he had he kind of fixed it uh, but still, I always felt like it was going in, uh, and he shot 36% last year uh, in the regular season, which is good. Obviously, had an uptick come postseason, but at the bare minimum, he'll play defense, hit the three, but I think this year, he's ready to take a jump offensively as well. Obviously, this team is going to need it, given that they've lost Max Struess, who was a, a big scorer, big shooter for this team. I think Caleb's going to expand off the offensive game that we saw in the postseason last year. He's not going to average 20 points a night like he did in the Boston series. But in that series, he was taking mid-range shots, attacking the basket with the left hand, right hand, fadeaways. I think we are going to see a mix of all of that in the regular season simply because he's going to be asked to do more. I mean, you saw what this guy did in the postseason. And if I told you that he averaged under 10 points per game in the regular season last year, that would be hard to believe. But it's true. 
but obviously a lot of that is because of his role and he was with the starters a lot of last year this year i'm not sure if he will start it'll either be him i guess kevin love or hayward highsmith uh, who we'll get into in a little bit uh but he may start he may not either way i think he's going to have a big role i think he's going to have a huge uptick in offensive production wow still being one of the primary defenders keep in mind uh so maybe we see him around 15 well, 15 points per game will be a lot this season I'd love to see 15. If if you get 15 points a night from Caleb Martin, this team is going to be a top a, a top two seed in the conference. They really will be. Uh, you I I'm I'm gonna hope to get at least 13 though. Uh, at the minimum, kind of 15 on the high end. But he's gonna be just absolutely critical for this team. I'm a huge fan of him. Still super young, and I think he's gonna I think he's gonna take just another jump this season, which could be tough because he's gonna opt out of his player option in the offseason, and they either gonna have to pay him or lose him. So. We'll see what happens with regards to him. Next, you got who's probably going to be the backup, maybe starting point guard, if you ask him. Kyle Lowry. Not a fan of Kyle Lowry. Uh, people, a lot of, for the most part, people agree with me. I just dropped a whole video about Kyle Lowry because I don't actually think he's going to be on this roster after the trade deadline. And he may be gone sooner than later. 90% of people agreed with me. The 10% that didn't said I need to give him another chance. He was hurt last year. And I have to tell those people that when you're 37, 38 years old, whatever Kyle Lowry is, you typically don't get more healthy as you get older. You typically, when you're already regressing, you typically don't get better. And that's what we've seen with Kyle Lowry. Now, yes, he has, he did have his moments in the playoffs last year, but then he kind of fell off again. If there's any way they're able to limit to him to 40 something games this year and manage him like that and have him for the postseason. I think he can be a contributor in the postseason because he still is a high IQ player. Although he takes some of the dumbest shots I've ever seen in transition. He'll he'll pull up from three when, when the team has a bunch of momentum, then he kills it. But he obviously still knows how to get to his spots in the postseason. And he does have a lot of those veteran savvy tricks that that are beneficial in the postseason. I mean, I, I don't think you can understate championship DNA, which he has. He actually has that experience. He won with the Raptors. I do believe that stuff is important. Come postseason especially with Udonis Haslam gone. Maybe they need another old veteran leader who's won a championship. Obviously, Haslam has way more pool because he's Mr. Miami. He's been here for 20 years. I don't think Kyle Lowry has that pool, especially considering like all the conditioning issues and stuff. But I'm not a fan of Kyle Lowry. I don't think he's going to have a big season. And I think he's going to be off this roster by trade deadline. But obviously, I'm a fan of this team. I hope he proves me wrong. Uh, Another guy I hope I'm wrong about is Duncan Robinson, who... I was very disappointed last season. I was, he, he was my favorite player in the league, right? That year he, that he broke out, which is, what are we talking, 2020? Came out of nowhere, broke the team record in, in, for threes, had had all the NBA records for youngest player to 100 threes, 200 threes, 300, and so on. But then he was not as good the year after, had like 35%. But then last season, he shot under 33% on high volume, like 4.6 attempts. And th- that's terrible. For a designated shooter, to shoot under 33 percent there's there's i i there's no way i can talk what's the word for even how awful he was he was abysmal he was her awful to to pull a word out of chuck's book does does charles barkley say her awful no he just says horrible i think my boy santi says her awful shout out santi goaded gaming on uh on youtube uh anyways he was terrible and duncan robinson we know he's a god-awful defender so when you put and we could live with the god-awful defense when he was shooting 45 percent from three when you're shooting under 33%, that's a different story. Now, come postseason, he was decent. Come finals, he was he was okay, you know? Are we going to get, is that going to transition into the regular season? I hope so. 
I just don't think so because for all of last regular season, he was awful. He was getting DNP coaches' decisions. That's a guy that's making like $18 million a year, not playing only because he's not good enough. Now, he had a little bit of a finger injury last year too, but for the most part, when he was healthy, he didn't play because he was terrible. Now, he'll he'll play this year. You lost Max Drews. You're only designated shooter. I mean, Tyler could obviously shoot, but it's Duncan Robinson. He's going to play unless they're able to move him and bring in like Drew Peterson or Cole Swider, who we'll talk a little bit about later, but he's going to play. You got to be better though, Duncan Robinson. I don't have the utmost faith in you at this point because I believed in you for too long. That That's why I'm kind of disappointed in him because when he was struggling last year and all of Heat Twitter was bashing him, I kept saying he's going to break out. He's going to break out. He's going to break out. Uh, and even two years ago, I was saying that when he was struggling. They got to the playoffs. Remember that first game versus Atlanta two years ago? Had like seven to eight from three. It was actually the most efficient game in NBA history. I started telling everyone, I said, I told you so. I told you so. I told you so. And then he couldn't hit a shot the rest of the playoffs. And then the next season, which was last, couldn't shoot our regular season. So I'm done putting faith in, in Duncan Robinson. You know, prove, prove it to me. You want me to believe in you? Prove it to me. And I hope he does. Uh, let's move on to... <laughs> Hayward Highsmith, or as my guy Royal Shepherd of the Basement Sports Network calls him, Shameless Highsmith. I actually don't know why he calls him Shameless. I should ask him. Everybody loves Hayward Highsmith. They think he's going to be the next 3 and D, switchy 4 defender for the Miami Heat that, that every team needs, and, and particularly the, the type of guy that Spo loves. I see the vision, of course. I mean, what is he, 6'9"? He can move a little bit. He can't hit the corner 3. I just don't. I just feel like he's so awful at everything else. I feel like every time he tried to dribble, he turned the ball over. I feel like every time he tried to pass, he turned the ball over. And even the times that he was playing good defense, the other team still scored. Never in my life have I heard the announcer say more, that's great defense, better offense, than what Hayward Highsmith is guarding someone. For some reason. Maybe he's just unlucky. I don't know. But I still feel like he's getting scored on, even though visually it looks like good defense. But hey, the Heat obviously have him on this team for a reason. I suppose they believe in him. And I've had people say that to me, say, hey, if the Heat believe in him, why don't you don't believe in him? Well, how much do the Heat actually believe him? Because you saw in the finals, he played. I thought he played well. But then he never played again after like game two. And you got Cody Zeller in game five instead, who we all knew was terrible. But Spoh still chose to play Cody Zeller over Heisman. So what does that tell you what they think of Hayward Heisman? I don't know. He's still young. And I think he's going to have a big rotation or big role on this team too. So time will tell. But I'm just not his biggest fan. So... Moving on from being negative for a few guys in a, in a row, we'll go to someone that I'm actually pretty positive about, which is Thomas Bryant. I want to make one thing very clear. He's an awful defender. There was a tweet going viral the other day. Someone was saying that uh, the closing lineup for the Heat defensively should be Thomas Bryant. Just because he's big does not mean he's good. He cannot guard a guy like Nikola Jovic. Not that anybody really can. But that's not why you have him on this team. You got your bigs that could defend. You got your Bam. You got Highsmith is... I guess people consider you big that can defend. Orlando Robinson is not, not a great defender either, but I think they're going to look at Thomas Bryant just as a guy who can get rebounds, be big for the sake of being big, which they needed last year, particularly for the, the rebounding purpose. That's that's kind of all the same thing there. And he can score a little bit. I think people are going to be surprised by his ability to shoot the three. For his career, he averages 1.4 attempts per game, and he actually got over two attempts per game twice in his career with back when he was with Washington. And I remember him with Washington. It was like the 10th game of the year. He actually tore his ACL versus the Heat. I don't know if some people may remember that game. And I was sad at the time because I thought he was going to be a very good player and stuff. Uh, but he's obviously recovered. And I think he's turned into a, a decent player, 
was decent with the Lakers, wanted more playing time, so they traded him to Denver, which sucked for him because he never played behind Nikola Jokic. So maybe at this point, he finally gets some actual run at the back of center role and can show everybody what he can truly do. So I'm a fan of his. I don't think he'll have a massive role because he will split times between with Orlando Robinson and himself. But I think as the regular season goes on, Spo will kind of uh, decide which one of those two guys he likes more and rely on them. Because you do got Orlando Robinson was phenomenal in this past summer league, is very big. Uh, he, he's not super fast, which was a little frustrating. So I think uh, in a zone or a switchy defense, he may struggle a little bit there. But offensively, he's he's very solid. And defense uh, and rebounding is something that he can provide also. So a little similar to uh, Thomas Bryant in that spot because we saw Leonard Robinson chucking from three in the preseason or the, the summer league as well. I don't know how much of that is going to carry over. But again, he's another big guy. And sometimes you just need guys who are big for the sake of being big. Now, it didn't work with Dwayne Denman. It didn't work with Cody Zeller. But those guys were kind of pussies. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so hopefully these guys aren't. And then they, they can provide some sort of size to this team that they desperately need. But I like Orlando Robinson. Same as Thomas Bryant. He'll get some run at the back of center spot. And Spo will decide as the season goes on who he wants to kind of lean on. Moving on, the, the final two guys on the official 13-man that they have on the roster, the two young guys, Nikola Jovic, who we saw ball out in FIBA as they, they lost, they took home the silver medal versus Germany. Very exciting to watch. The little sweetener, as my guy Brendan Tobin calls him because he always tries to throw him in trade packages. But we got Jovic. I don't have to worry about getting Dame and, and losing Jovic and him becoming a Hall of Famer no more. Uh, because he certainly has that potential. I mean, you talk about a 6'11 guy with his offensive skill set. I mean, he could shoot the ball, could pass, could rebound, could run the floor. You're talking about a guy who does all that, and he put on 30 pounds since he was a rookie. If you if you watch Nikola Jovic and FIBA, you can see a visible difference in his size and his strength. And it's translated to his game. In the summer league, we saw him attacking the basket, getting and ones, boxing guys out. Those aren't, those aren't things we saw in his limited action as a rookie. He only played 14 games as a rookie, but those aren't things that we saw. And again, this team is going to need bodies. Because of that, I think he's going to have a role on this team. And just like the whole Robinson and Bryant debate, it's going to depend on Hayward Highsmith. I think that's going to kind of be who he's fighting minutes for. If he's hitting shots and doing all those things we've seen him be capable of, Highsmith is never going to see the floor unless Jovic is a, a complete turnstile on defense. But if he's at least capable, then we're going to see him on the court a lot this season because he can stretch the floor. And if he does that well, maybe he's starting for Kevin Love by the end of the season. I don't think he will be, but I do expect to see about 50 to 60 games in Nikola Jovic this season on maybe 20 minutes a night. And I think he's going to be a, a decent scorer, a decent passer. Uh, and, and I think by next year is when we're really going to see him maybe take on a, a, a solid role on this team but and maybe even start. But as for this season, I think he's going to have about 20 minutes a game, 60 games, like I said. And I think he's going to play well. Uh, the last young guy is Hame Hakez Jr., the boy I call Hame Hame, or Kame Hame Hakez. Uh, I'm not sure how much he'll play this year either, I guess. Because uh, he's about 6'6", and they asked him what position he plays. He said, whatever they need, which, which is a good answer. He could play maybe from the 2 to the 4. Uh, so this will kind of depend, I think, maybe on uh, how other guys performing and injuries. Uh, I haven't gave really great predictions this video because I know I said it depends a lot. But this is a weird Heat team, right? You got a lot of very similar players. 
and you lost a lot of key pieces from last year, or at least Gabe and Shrews, who had defined roles, starting point guard, designated shooter. You lost those two guys, and now you just kind of got a bunch of leftovers almost, one of them being a 22-year-old rookie who they drafted because he's NBA-ready. But does that mean he's going to play over Hayward Highsmith, who I think Spolster likes, who played in the NBA Finals? Does that mean he's going to play over Nikola Jovic, who's been in the team for a whole year now? Does that mean Hawkins is going to play over Kevin Love, another NBA championship guy? I don't know. But he can certainly do a lot of a lot of similar things that Jovic can as far as stretching the floor a little bit, attack the basket a little bit. I think he's a better, I don't want to say better scorer than Jovic, but I think he's more of a scorer than Jovic, where I look at Jovic as a guy that could pass and score. I look at Hawkins as, as just a scorer guy. I'll be interested to see what he does on the defensive end as an athletic guy who is kind of a bigger 6'6". So I think he may he may have a similar role as Jovic this year. That'll depend a lot, but I do like him a lot as a player. So I think he'll have a good season. And again, maybe we're talking next season and the year after that is where he really starts to get an actual defined every night role on this roster. Moving on to the two-way guys, I just got very little thoughts. The first one, Drew Smith, who's really the only other true point guard on this team outside of Kyle Lowry. I'm not a fan. Uh, I don't like you. I don't know why you're on this roster. I was so happy when the Brooklyn Nets got you, and now you're back. Don't really feel like you provide anything. Now, I've already heard that he's been a standout in camp, but I feel like we hear that about everybody. I don't. I just don't see what he provides out there. He's, he doesn't even come across as a, a, a good facilitator to me. I kind of like Jamari Bouye because you could at least see what he was doing out there. He had his mid-range spot on the floor where he could score from. He had something tangible. Drew, Drew Smith just looks like a guy who doesn't make mistakes which maybe is what you need when you're on a roster that's lacking guys so it's not can't maybe not the worst thing uh the next two-way spot you got is Jamal Kane who uh is a guy who has the tools that I think in three or four years this team can de- can develop into a really great player maybe not even two or three four years because uh, usually with this heat team we see them get guys in the second season whether it's Derek Jones Jr. or Caleb Martin, for example, they develop these undrafted guys relatively quick. Uh, and this would be Jamal Kane's second season. Now, there's obviously a lot of guys ahead of him. So I don't think he'll get a major role this year. I think he'll just kind of be a guy when you get some injuries where he'll get to play. But because of his athletic ability, his his willingness to, to try very hard on defense, he's shown an ability to stretch the floor. All of those things, I think, are, 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 I think are things that are going to translate very well to what this Heat team wants to do because he can switch on defense and stretch the floor for guys like Jimmy and Bam who don't shoot. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna be on this team for a long time. Will he play that much this year? I don't exactly think so. The last two-way spot they got is a the new guy, RJ Hampton, highly recruited out of high school, uh played overseas instead of going to college, uh, was drafted 24 by the Denver Nuggets, never really played much, and now he's here on the Miami Heat. Interesting. Because usually the Heat take these undrafted guys like the Gabes, the Struces, and the, the uh, who did we just say, Jamal Cain, and they turn those undrafted guys into great players. Well, now they're trying to do it with RJ Hampton, who was a very highly touted guy. So we know he has a lot of talent. Can they form that into a solid NBA player? I'm hoping so. I'm very excited to see it. Uh, the thing we've heard most so far through camp is about his defensive abilities, which I love to hear because, again, when you lost Gabe, you need more guys to replace that. Truthfully, I'm tired of having these guards that can't guard anybody like Duncan and Tyler and Kyle. They have a lot of them. That's why I want guards that can guard. 
So hopefully RJ Hampton is one of them. He was a solid three-point shooter too throughout his his years because uh, he's played like what two seasons in NBA played obviously very limited run but he was 36 percent from three in the limited run he got last year so i was concerned when i started hearing a lot about his defensive stuff that he's a poor shooter but he at least seems to be capable which is good because it means he has the, the tools to maybe turn into a three and d guard which is something i'm very excited about so we've we've been saying for the last couple years now get spo some guys with actual talent instead of these undrafted hard workers and let's see what spo can do so now you got a guy who everyone knows has talent. Let's see what Spoke can do with it. So that brings us to the 13 guys on the traditional roster, which means they still have two open roster spots, by the way, because you can have 15 on the normal roster, dress 13, uh, but they only have 13. You're allowed three two-way guys this year. So that was Drew Smith, Jamal Kane, and RJ Hampton. And then they have another five guys just for the practice squad roster. By the end of preseason, uh, maybe they sign a couple of them. Maybe they let them walk. So I don't want to talk about them too much as as all the moves throughout the rest of the offseason happen. We'll have videos specifically about those. But they got Justin Champion, Champiani. I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce it. I don't have any thoughts about him or Czech Diallo for that matter. Uh, who, Except Czech Diallo is, is a pretty versatile athletic wing. So maybe they can turn him into something too. Uh, and then, of course, you got Drew Peterson, who everyone knows as the shooter. Same with Cole Swider. So if you were to trade Duncan Robinson to another team, we've heard the rumors about Harden and PJ to Miami, Duncan and Larry to Philly, which I'd love because I'd love to get off Duncan Robinson's contract. Maybe if Swider or Peterson turn into a, a very capable high-level shooter, it makes Duncan Robinson more expandable. And then you also got Alondis Williams, who I don't really have much thoughts on either. But that's kind of my thoughts about the entire roster. These may be completely different after the first preseason game tonight. Uh, we'll kind of see how that goes. But let me know what y'all think down below. Let me know if you think I'm tripping talking about anyone or if you completely agree with me. And most importantly, let me know if you're actually excited for this regular season. I'm worried that it's going to be a drag like it was last season. It was super boring and you're virtually bringing back the whole roster. Uh, but, if it, but if it is, just get out of the playing game, get to the playoffs, and that's when I'll be very, very excited. I think this team is going to be very good this year, uh, at least come playoff time. Like I'm saying, I want to clarify, they may be miserable regular season, but they just got to get there. And then I always put my trust in Jimmy Butler, but I'll get into my team predictions, and I think I'll even do a win-loss, going through every single win-loss for the whole uh, schedule. I may post something like that and give my actual predictions after the preseason, so we'll get into all that. But let me know if y'all enjoyed. Uh, once again, if you're on the podcast side, you can leave five stars. Or if you're watching on the YouTube side, uh, go ahead and comment, like the video. If you want to check out the video, just search Anthony Donardo on YouTube. But that's all I got for y'all. I'll see y'all next time. Peace out. Look, pull up in the city, tryna get that dead fast slash. Do it on my own, I don't need no dead weight. Right. Had to kill him off, yeah, I need a head space. You know this homegrown bitch don't offend me. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.